Hello everyone, welcome back to episode two of Master Debaters, the greatest name, most original name of all time. My name, as always, is Nathan. With me is A-team regular Scott McLeod. Thank you, Nathan. It's been too long since we've done one of these. It, it has. And a man who has somehow escaped his usual weekly duties of being naked. <laughs> it, it's, it's only fucking Ben. Um, to be honest, mate, I'm not even uh, escaped my duties. I'm naked right now. It's hot as fucking Taipei. And if I don't, uh, if I wear boxes, I'm going to be sweating my balls out. I wish I, wish I, knew, I wish I knew that before we decided to do this video call. Like, oh, good lord. <laughs> At least cross your legs, man. Jesus. Uh, ben, what? Are you becoming a cam girl? What's, what's becoming. I'm, I'm Foxy XXL on uh, the Instagram, so check me out. <laughs> you just know one pervert listening is actually going to be typing yeah. that in right now. <laughs> seeing what comes up uh but ben you're doing an extra podcast so how much yeah. more should we do the negotiations on air how much more do we owe you i mean at least like a 20 bag i say <laughs> <laughs> i'll get that posted straight over why, why not the usual courier will deliver it yeah um so ben you've got important news for everyone in the in the world of tigers I do. Uh, if you've ever, has anyone watched the show uh, Tiger King on Netflix? I have. I'm it's aware. an amazing show about one of the weirdest characters in the world. And right now it's been announced that perhaps the best news, better than the coronavirus being cured, is that the <laughs> fact that Nicolas Cage, perhaps the weirdest actor in Hollywood, has been cast as Joe Exotic, the main character of this documentary. And what a show this is going to be. Nicolas Cage is going to take it to those areas which are kind of uncomfortable, but brilliant. Like, this is going to be the best show perhaps ever. Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, Scott, what was your first impressions when you heard this news? Was it pure joy? I mean, I double-checked this as soon as I heard it because it was a a Unilad article that I got sent the link to. And I'm thinking, well, I, I don't want to credit, like, discredit their reliability, but I want to double-check this before I can celebrate this news. So, yeah, I'm happy to see this. Like, this, I'm just curious as to how they can make this any weirder than the real-life story of Joey Zorix. Because Joey Zorix seems like a character. Like, like he, seems, he looks like somebody playing a character. You think, like, this can't be a real person. So yeah. I don't know how you can make this any weirder, but I think you've made a good start by... Like Catherine Nicholas Cage. I'm glad you asked that question of how we can make it any weirder because I have some ideas. <laughs> now, first off, I think Carol Baskin, everyone's favourite meme, yeah, um, should be played by old uh, American politics favourite Sarah Palin. <laughs> Straight away. That's a great idea. <laughs> Sarah Palin. And then I was having some thoughts as to who the you know the boyfriend who's got like no teeth. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the meth guy. Yeah, yeah, I had some thoughts uh, on who should play him, and I actually ended up landing on Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, that'd be a good shout. In a really interesting casting choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some reason, Tom Hardy shouted me out. I can feel like Tom Hardy would be good. Tom Hardy shouted you out? 
did. Yeah. I mean, I'm on a he he slides into my DMs on a regular basis. I'm like Tom now. My annual virginity has already been sold. <laughs> He's Tom Hardy, a regular of Foxy XXL. <laughs> Absolutely. I like Tom Hardy, but only if Tom Hardy is just doing his normal voice. Yeah, sure. It's <laughs> usually really cockney voice. And I think all the tigers, they need to get the CGI from the movie Cats. <laughs> oh, no, not this again. <laughs> They're not actual tigers. <laughs> Do you want the, the tigers with or without the butthole? <laughs> Obviously with. Come yeah. on. Tigers have buttholes. They need to be represented. Yeah, like free yeah. the butthole. Yeah, because a joke exotic TV series is nothing without its accuracy. Exactly. <laughs> so that was my idea. Also, I wanted one scene for them just to CGI Tigger from Winnie the Pooh into one of the cages. <laughs> just bouncing around. Yeah, just bouncing around. No, but really dis- dishevelled Tigger. Yeah. yeah. Um, like a heroin addict right now. Yeah, yeah. So that was my idea. For those are my ideas. You got you, Ben. You must have some ideas. I mean, what's weird about the uh, Netflix series? You know, Joe Exotic not doesn't have one but two but f- four different uh, uh, husbands. There, there was three shown on the show, and I kind of want casting for all four. So I think like maybe Martin Freeman would be a good choice. Uh, Edris Elba, uh, Tom Hardy, Benedict Cumberbatch. That should be that should be his four husbands. Yeah, you know when they go when they flash and talk to like the local police officer. In, yeah. the, in the show. I think that should just be cut-ins of the police officer from The Simpsons. <laughs> it should just be a scene. What's yeah. his name? Is it Wiggum? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, not... They don't do, like, original pieces for it. They just pick an episode and just have him say something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that seems like the best idea ever, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they got Nicholas Cage. I mean, it might be one of his biggest suggestions. I think it'll be one of the 27 movies he does next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but guys, we need to stop this because these, these conversations are too jovial. <laughs> and this, that's not what this is about. This is master debaters. We've got to solve some shit. There's a lot of, a lot of nerds out there with a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And we've we got to solve them. So... We, we've each found some of the most asked questions in the universe and we're just going to throw them out to the other two and just just let the argument ensue until we have answers t- for these so ben is the newcomer to the show and yeah. since you're not on your regularly scheduled programming uh would you like to kick us off with what what did you find what do people need i've got a few um so my first one will be who would be a better a better single father, Optimus Prime or Deadpool? Optimus. <laughs> it's, got, it's got to be Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it just has because uh, I don't know if it can be proved that Transformers can have kids. So my first question, if Optimus it Prime, it could is be adoption. This, like you tell me, Optimus Prime. If twenty twenty Nathan Transformers can adopt. Like just like everybody yeah. else, I've I don't know. I I get all my news uh, from Alex Jones. Transformers <laughs> lives matter, man. Well, I don't, not not according to John Cena. 
He tried to murder. He, he tried to murder that special needs one. <laughs> what are you talking about? Bumblebee. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's not special needs. You just can't talk. <laughs> I, I've, I've, no, I'm pretty sure the NHS would categorise that as a special need. Some type of mental disability, just like having to talk out of a radio. And also, I'd like to point you towards Deadpool 2, when he really looked after that kid from New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Only, only after that kid tried to kill him and a bunch of other people. Initially, he was happy just to leave that kid to rot in a fucking jail with a bunch of other criminals. Like, he didn't give a shit about that kid. Yeah, but he did, he did in the end, and that's all that matters. Yeah, and he taught he taught that kid something, and you know he even he even taught Josh Brolin a lot of stuff, and that's really hard because he's just a giant baby. It's true, but what what things did he teach him? I'm curious. Uh, what Josh Brolin or the kid? Uh, What did Deadpool teach Josh Brolin and the kid? We taught Josh Brolin that maybe he doesn't need to murder everyone. Like admittedly, he taught him that after he murdered everyone. And he taught that kid that he didn't need to be so angry and set everything on fire. Those are important lessons. True. I mean, it's, it, every young man's life, when they have the ability to shoot flames out of their hands, they have to be less angry. And exactly. start and light some candles instead of bodies. Have you got any evidence of uh, Octopus Prime being a good parent? Yeah. He's watched basically any depiction of Optimus Prime. He is a very caring person. He is a natural leader. He's somebody who, he's, he's good at giving long speeches and giving advice to people. He's a person who's got a voice where if he starts telling you stuff, you listen to him. Whereas, and he cares about everybody equally, not just when it's convenient to him and when he's, just, he's forced to, because Deadpool is basically forced to have to care about that kid because he realised that he himself had been a massive dick. Whereas Optimus would never be a dick to you. Optimus is always there to listen to your problems. I mean, who doesn't want to go to Optimus Prime with advice, for advice when you're going through puberty? Like, what kid wouldn't want that in their father? Can I, um, just, just as, as a couple of counter-arguments, point one, uh, Octopus Prime, like, dies in every movie. Oh, yes, he dies to save other people. He would literally put his life on the line for his child. Yeah, and then, then, he, then he dies. Like, you can't be a good parent and be dead. All of our parents will die eventually. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I don't want my, my, um, like, if you... If you're adopting a kid, would would being friends with Shia LaBeouf get you kicked off for the adoption papers? Like, I don't think that's responsible to be friends with Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> what about friends with Mark Wahlberg? Like, he gets up at like three a.m. Yeah? That's not that's not a good example to anyone. <laughs> I mean, they're all yeah. being friends with fucking a time traveling mercenary like fucking Cable. It's good to put on adoption papers either. He's going to protect you. So is Optimus. I don't know, because he keeps dying. <laughs> also, I, if, I don't want to have to change the radiator oil in my dad. Is that canon? Like, is that a thing? That <laughs> yeah, or the canon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Transformers just have unlimited gas. Whenever they transform into their cars or planes, they just can go forever. That's a good question. If gas prices go up, what if I can't afford to refuel my dad? Or you can make money off him. Why by selling you... all the money to gas. 
Why is it your responsibility to refill your dad? <laughs> also, is it weird? Like, if, if you drive your dad around, is your dad going to get in trouble because you've been inside him? No, your dad's giving you a lift. <laughs> Um, it happens to be that your dad is the actual vehicle that you're being given a lift in. That is weird. That's very uh, weird. Do you need to get a HGV license before you can drive your dad? You're not the one driving. He's driving himself. Hmm. This seems tricky. You don't need a license to drive yourself. <laughs> okay. Has anyone got any final points? I'm going to give each person a, a minute to talk about any final points they have. Okay, uh, Nathan, I'm going to throw it over to you first. Optimus Prime isn't actually a citizen of Earth. So if he gets, like, if Trump gets all his immigration laws through and your dad gets kicked off your homeworld, you're dadless. Whereas Deadpool, uh, sure, he, like... Is... Yes, you just go live in Canada. <laughs> that doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and you get to be friends with... Um, Someone who's called Teenage Megasonic Warhead. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, okay, uh, Scott, what about you? I was going to say, like, Deadpool is probably the worst candidate to be a single parent. Like, if he was bad enough before, he'd be bad enough when he had his girlfriend too, and then got killed off in the second film. Uh, but, like, on his own, he's filmed he's always out there. He's, his job is basically killing people for a living. So, what kind of job is that for a single parent when you're maybe raising a child and you're being brought up by a killer? It's better, better than being brought up by an alien. Is it though? Okay. The polls have come in. I have my answer. And I'm going to award this point to Scott with Optimus Prime. Because of the following reasons. Everything was true. He would lay down his life easily for his child. Deadpool probably wouldn't give a fuck. And... Optimus Prime has way more bigger uh, problems than Deadpool ever does. He's got fucking uh, aliens evading the world every two films. He's got uh, the guy, the bad guy. He's got Decepticons to deal with. Yeah, Deadpool, uh, no, Optimus Prime has way more problems to deal with. How does and that make him a good dad? He's probably going to get his kid killed. Because, really, if, if Deadpool and Optimus Prime are going to deal with the same problems, Optimus Prime would have it done in like half an hour. Deadpool would would just kind of die like three times and then he'd fuck some like prostitute and then you'd kill like seven people and then you'd be like, oh yeah, and then you have no time for his son. Deadpool would never have time for his son. So I think Optimus Prime, it just it would be more genuine. More, just It'd be more of a father figure where Deadpool would be like fucking off with Cable all the time. <laughs> it's settled. Settled. Uh, Scott, what's your first question? No, I'm trying to think. Uh, since, we, since we talked about Ryan Reynolds, I'll use this one first. Now, Twitter is a sensitive place filled with a lot of different opinions. You know, we've always tried to, you know, use Ben as a scapegoat whenever we think we're going to get trouble on Twitter. Uh, but I'm thinking, which Ryan Reynolds character would be get, would is most likely to get kicked off of Twitter? Turbo? from the film Turbo, or Pikachu from Detective Pikachu. Definitely Pikachu. Pikachu. Aww. <laughs> yeah, Pikachu would go around eating snacks. He's just, he just, he generally, he's just threatened to electrocute people most of the time. 
Yeah, but you, you can't actually electrocute someone. Yes, he can. Why well, can he's not through Twitter? And he can find people. Twitter. If Pete, it sets Pikachu through anything. It's that Pikachu's are smart. They can find things. They can. There is. They can literally be a detective, so they can find people's houses and electrocute them. Yeah, but like when we think about Pikachu, he's kind of cute. He looks really cute. What doesn't look cute? A fucking snail. Snails <laughs> aren't cute. They're super hey. annoying. They're really sticky. And like, if you put if you if you put a spoiler on your own shell, that's just asking that's just asking for trouble. You're gonna get kicked off for quite funny for being too against what you're supposed to be. You're meant to be slow, Turbo the snail. You're a snail. Stop being fast. Get off of Twitter. You're probably not even old enough to be on Twitter because snails only live like two weeks. If they're African land snails, live up to twelve years. Yeah, but it's not. It's Turbo. Okay, what would you rather have? A snail in your hand, just sliming over a little bit, or a Pikachu fucking electrocuting you for all you're worth? What would you rather have? What would I rather have? Yeah. Or just me? Well, I'd rather have kind of the Pikachu. You'd rather have the Pikachu electrocuting you until you're dead? Yeah, because I've probably already trod on the snail because it's annoying and in the way. <laughs> Get off, get off my spoiler, get off my doormat, snail. With a spoiler, it's gonna have enough aerodynamics to get out of your your stomp. Yeah, but that's 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 not the point. This is about Twitter. Like Pikachu, he's gonna be cute, fluffy, charming. No one likes snails. He's so never every, cute. He's never he, charming. He's, he's cute. Just... He wears that hat. <laughs> he's really cute, and he's fluffy. Okay. And he, and he sounds like Ryan Reynolds. Well, snail's yeah. super annoying. You've already stepped Ryan Reynolds has a very untrusting voice. Ryan Reynolds is going to be trying to be smarmy about most shit. He's going to talk about fucking gin most of the time. Like, he just, he's going to be so uninterested. What's wrong with gin? Gin's great. Gin gets more teenage pregnancies than anything does. What, gin specifically? Gin specifically. Look it up. Where are you getting these facts from? Yeah, what, the, what gin gets people? I see you're confusing gin with someone who told you, "Don't worry, it's gin. Swallow it." Oh, <laughs> Just close your eyes and open your mouth. It's gin, I promise. But or, I feel like Pikachu will be way more volatile. This dude from Turbo, he's not going to even be able to type on Twitter. He's so slow. He's yeah, that's take... why he's going to get kicked off, because he's going to keep breaking people's keyboards. They're going to be like, no, you're getting off Twitter because you slimed up my keyboard. Your when has been... anyone been kicked off Twitter because they're not tweeting? Uh, I don't... If, if the account goes super inactive. Also, Pikachu has hands. He can actually be on Twitter. Turbo doesn't. He can't even type. His account will just be closed down because nothing got tweeted. He's got hands to offend people. He's got hands... Yeah. Have you hurt. been on Twitter? Yeah. I... <laughs> Pikachu has some very Pokemon bylaws. Like, he hates people. Tim, that one dude, only likes him because he, he feels like a racial quota in his little gang. So, like, that, Pikachu hates people. Pikachu fucking hates people. Like, no, Pikachu, Pikachu loves, is, loves everyone by the end. And then he he's turn, in the KKK you know, of people. You know what Pikachu turns into at the end of the movie? His dad, which is he weird. Turns as into well. Ryan Reynolds. Ed, what yeah. are the two things that people love the most in this world? Pikachu and Ryan Reynolds. He's not going to get kicked off Twitter. He's going to be charming as all hell. 
Peaky Turbo. Peaky Peaky Love, The Rock, and PewDiePie. That's the rule. <laughs> <laughs> They've never said any infinite fences. And uh, they're great at workouts. Uh, and uh, yeah, so Pikachu is going to offend more people. Pikachu is just, it, more dangerous. The, sla- the snail is nice, not going to offend anyone, not going to do anything. Pikachu has potential to be damaging. I don't, I don't think Pikachu does have potential to be damaging. I think he's just charming. He's fluffy. He's really cute. You can't electrocute people through. And also, you're not going to get kicked off Twitter for like threatening to electrocute people. People don't get kicked off Twitter for literally murdering people. What? What? <laughs> you need to go on Twitter more. Murdering <laughs> <laughs> people and like told about it? Yeah, and then they don't get kicked off Twitter. Electrocution is way more scary. How fucking terrified would you be if a fuck like, a three foot mouse came up to you that was yellow and had a cap on and started talking to you and Ryan and Ryan? But that's not it? that's not the question. The question is who's gonna get kicked off Twitter? Like yeah, that would be really really freaky if if Pikachu suddenly walked up to me. But that's got nothing to do with Twitter. In fact, I'd probably take a picture of it, upload it to the Rogue Opinions Twitter account at Rogue underscore Opinions, so we got loads of likes. <laughs> Like, I'd use Pikachu to get attention. Snail? No one cares about Snail. He's just going to get kicked off. Okay, okay. Well, right now, then, I'll give you one minute to make your final arguments. And please, as much as I'm enjoying this, please keep it specifically just to Twitter and why, why they would be bad on Twitter. Nathan, I'll start with you. One minute. Uh, Turbo would be bad on Twitter just because he wouldn't be on it. He doesn't have hands, like, to type. He's just a snail. So maybe someone will open an account for him and then nothing. It'll do that first, like, hashtag first tweet. And then, like, three years later, the account will just get kicked off because it's been inactive. Pikachu, he's just too charming. He's too nice. People love him. People use his gifts all the time already. Like, he'd be welcomed on Twitter and everyone would love him for it. And that's it. All right. Ben? Okay. So Pikachu is aggressive. He, he he's likely to make tons of weird jokes that no one gets. Like it would be, uh, he's gonna toe the line of being like racially insensitive, homophobically insensitive. He's gonna be all his shit. And it also, one of the main points is, he's gonna steal people's identity. Like in PWP, <laughs> he literally steals someone's identity. Like, and he and he pretends not to be that person for ages. Like a fraud, essentially. Pikachu is going to commit so much fraud. He's going to get in Edge of Silver's account. He's going to get in fucking. That's Donald not Trump. what happened in the movie. That you is. Fucking know it. He is going to. He's going to steal our accounts. Rogue Opinion is going to become huge. He's going to steal all three of our accounts. Well, we can become a little Pikachu guy for a couple of months, and then our sons are going to save us. We're like, what the fuck, Pikachu? He's going to go into the next person. Basically, Pikachu is a fraudster. And I'm not going to handle it. If Pikachu's on Twitter, I'm going to get rid of Twitter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say before I give my final decision here that I think we need you said about how he, he basically turns into Ryan Reynolds and everybody loves Ryan Reynolds. Like The whole point of this is that both these people are Ryan Reynolds. I don't think that really factors into it at all. Yeah, they, both, they both sound like Ryan Reynolds because they're both played by Ryan Reynolds. That's the point of the question. Yeah, but Ben didn't make that point. Yeah, no, I'm talking about you. No, I'm saying he did. He didn't. He didn't say that. That's why I used the argument. I know. I just, I just want to make that clear because, like, when you, I can't remember who, but somebody made the argument. Oh, he sounds like Ryan Reynolds. Like the whole point is that they're both Ryan Reynolds. But anyway, 
I think, I think deep down what me and Ben are both saying is neither of us have seen Turbo. Yeah, I don't know why I, don't know why I chose Turbo. I knew, I knew I wanted to hit the TV I had to Google it. I was like, oh, oh snail. <laughs> I was going to say his character from that film, Voices, where he's a serial killer, but I haven't actually seen it. So, okay. <laughs> so I had to think of it. Uh, I really should have went with Monty from Wait, and that would have been better. Oh, but I think I think it's clear now from the way I'm just talking about it. It's, it's got to be Pikachu because he's 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 too into his coffee. You'll get hyped up on coffee. We talk about how much smarter he is than everybody. As soon as somebody disagrees with him, you'll be sliding in their DMs, fucking all caps, yelling at people. You'll get reported within a week. Well, that's not true because otherwise I would have been kicked off Twitter. Yeah, but I don't think you. I don't think even you drink as much coffee as the type of Pikachu. <laughs> Yes, I get the point. God damn it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which one of these two people is more likely to ruin a very fancy picnic? Is it Aquaman or Ant-Man? Ant-Man. Aquaman. Uh, Ant-Man can control ants. What's worse than a picnic? Fucking ants. Nothing worse. Oh. I mean, if, you want to, if you're having a picnic and you're inviting people to it, you want to have a nice day, you want to just chat with people and have a nice day out, whereas Aquaman will be giving you shit if you've got like, any, something, any fish-like products in your picnic. They'll be talking to you about the ocean, about pollution, and basically giving you a lecture and ruining your nice day out and just stop bragging about how he can talk to fish. Like, he'd be a prick. True. Ant Man is a known heister. He's he's been very known in the in the Marvel universe. Can be someone who can who doesn't mind looking the other another way when someone does something shit. He's gonna try and take you for all you've got. So basically, if he wants some bread, he's gonna make ten ants spiral up on the ground and bring that bread to you. If he wants some nice tiramisu, they're gonna take that too. If he just wants to spite you, he's gonna make like fifty ants jump on you and just eat all your good stuff. They're going to drink all your wine. They're going to drink, eat all your brioche. They're going to have all the brie they want. <laughs> eat all your brioche. Yeah. <laughs> Look, but my question is, why, why would he do that? Like, if he's been invited to this very yeah, fancy picnic. That was, that was going to be my question. Like, why would he ruin a picnic if he's been invited by somebody? It was the goodness of their heart, but may I add. <laughs> Because he's found out by his dodgy friend, who I can't remember what the name is in the film, uh, but that you've been having sex with a wasp. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Who, me specifically, or just the person? All of us. Just all of us. All of us at once. All of us at once. It was a very weird film. <laughs> well, Good Scott, boy. like, the gauntlet has been thrown down that you've been having sex with the wasp. Like, how's has Aquaman been having sex with the wasp? No, I doubt. I doubt he would. No, but <laughs> 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 so I'm trying to regain my thoughts here after that. Uh, anyway, I don't think I know he's a former heister, but but I think as we've seen it in the films, he didn't do it out of any malice. He did it because it was really the only thing he was good at, and he was desperate for the money. So I think if he actually invited Ant-Man, I'm assuming we're talking about the Scott Lang Ant-Man, I think he'd yeah. be very determined, he'd be very happy to be there, whereas Aquaman is a very, especially the Jason Momoa one, is very standoffish, he wouldn't be talking to anybody, 
if they did, he'd just be talking about the ocean, all the stuff that Regan and he's throwing in Atlantis, all shit that nobody else can relate to. And you're trying to have an extra of a conversation, break the ice with him, he'd just be a, he'd just be a really unpleasant to talk to. But what if, what if one of the Infinity Stones, if you had the Infinity Stone in your engagement ring, Ant-Man was tasked by Iron Man before he died, and uh, all the Avenger bros, and they were like, you've got to get that ring. He's going to rob you. Uh, It's not the question, question, though. The question is, who is more likely to ruin a very fancy picnic? Imagine this scenario. You invite Ant-Man, he, he tries to infiltrate your life. He's trying to he's trying to be really friendly. You're like, oh, this Scotland guy is really nice, right? Uh, but the whole funny thing is the Avengers keep traveling back in time, right? Because you have on your engagement ring the Mind Stone, right? So eventually, this whole is a whole plan to get you invited to a picnic somewhere out, somewhere in the woods, somewhere where coyotes could kill you, right? And they're, they're going to... They're going to throw some meat on you. Yeah, I often have my picnics in the middle of deserts, like where coyotes are. Actually, coyotes are roaming forests as well. Uh, I still wouldn't have my picnic next to them. (laughs) Some people have have picnics in forests all the time. Yeah? So uh, it's a whole plan to get... It's part of Endgame, the deleted scene, right? A way to get the mind zone. So, a four's going to come down. He's going to talk about what an alcoholic he no, is. No. And four is bringing it back. This is your last chance, or you forfeit this question. <laughs> How would Ant Man ruin just the picnic? Stop trying to use this podcast to pitch your ideas to Kevin Feige. And <laughs> 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 just chance. And last chance. I I'm think not, not gonna lie, you're on the ropes. You're on the ropes. With this this is legitimate because Ant Man is part of the Avengers, right? He's he's friends with him. He could always. This could always be a plan. Also, the Infinity Stones are gone. What's that got to do with anything? You never know. It's comics. They fucking come back every year. Like okay. once every year. There's been like 17 people have used the Infinity Gauntlet. Anyway, anyway, so all right, what he's gonna do instead? He's gonna fuck up your picnic events. He, ben, he, ben yeah, I, yeah. I'm cutting you off. <laughs> Scott right. gets the point. I, don't, I was gonna say, I, don't, I know it probably doesn't matter now, but can I make my last point? I was gonna make. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for years, comic book wise, Aquaman is seen as a bit of a joke, given these abilities, because like people who don't really understand them. So you know, at some point, somebody is gonna try and break the ice and make an offhanded joke, or have a too, few too many glasses of prosecco and make a little joke about, oh, I'm, oh, Aquaman, you can talk to fish or something like that, and basically try and rip the piss out of him. And he's not really he's not really known as somebody with a sense of humor. So he's gonna kick off at some point. He's gonna be flipping tables over, throwing food everywhere, trying to get in fights, and he's gonna ruin everything. Probably. Yeah. And he's just gonna make everything really wet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh well Scott Scott wins because Ben um honestly I didn't follow a lot of that. Uh, uh, no. Okay, whatever. Sure. <laughs> What's your next question? I know who I'm giving my point to next time. Um, okay, who would make a better Christmas album, Spider Man or the Joker? The Joker. Yes. Point, gentlemen. Why? Why would the Joker? Who got Joker? You. Oh. I think because what's everyone's favourite thing about Christmas 
is obviously getting a little bit scared. Now, I think Joker would make a very tasteful, like, Santa Claus thing going on. He'd probably write his own song where I feel like Spider-Man would just get kind of, like, handed down some sort of, like, Disney knockoff to do. He'd just be kind of hanging around with Mickey Mouse and doing shit. Joker is going to be all OG. There's going to be sick electric guitars in there. It's going to be probably some kind of, like, toxic heavy metal kind of thing going on. And that's pretty badass. Remember when Rage Against the Machine got to number Christmas number one that time? Yeah. Joker's going to do something similar. Exactly. I think he would sing it all. It would no auto tuning. Well, I think Spider Man. I don't. I don't know if Spider like Ben. Spider Man once used Nickelback for his movie song. Nickelback's the best band in the world. <laughs> you don't believe that. I, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, if we're arguing movie music, I mean. It was a song originally sang by Gary Glitter at the end of the Joker film. So Yeah, but nobody knew <laughs> back then. <laughs> because he didn't know it didn't mean it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, and I just say, like, Spider-Man's all corporate. He's all big, big corporations. It's going to be some kind of Disney show instead, and Spider-Man would just happen to be there with Joker. It's all going to be handwritten on, like, tissue papers, mostly in blood. He's going to start singing it at like local jazz clubs. And then it's just going to kind of get a ground movement behind it to get to Christmas number one. Also, that means Harley Quinn would be there as Mrs. Claus. And that sounds hot. <laughs> but also, Mary Jane Watson would be as Mrs. Claus. Which Mary also... Jane Watson? The one in the comics with the big boobs. <laughs> Everyone has big boobs in the comics. That's true. <laughs> 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 because comics are written by men. <laughs> uh, well, if you're saying that Joker's going to hand in the Lurksy song in blood, I mean, for one, it's going to be indecipherable. Who's going to be able to make a word out of it? And plus, like, Joker, and this is the understatement, obviously, of the century, the Joker is fucking mental. So, God knows what kind of shit he's going to produce Christmas wise. Knowing him, it probably won't even have anything to do with Christmas. Whereas Spider-Man, the whole point of Spider-Man is he's a regular guy. So he's going to be writing about stuff about Christmas that we all know and love. He's going to be writing about things that we all think about at Christmas time. Whereas the Joker is just going to be whatever fucking shit just comes to his head and pass it off as some sort of Christmas song. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Spider-Man's just going to write about all the boring, typical Christmas stuff about, oh, it's so nice to be with your family, things like that. Whereas Joker, he's going to bring out some kind of like death metal blood album. And it's going to be amazing. Dare I say, it might even be a blood orgy. Has death metal ever been amazing? Has death metal ever been good? Not yet. Not till Joker produces Christmas number one called like Ho Ho Ho's. All spelled H-O-E. But you you keep insisting that Simon's just going to take some sort of Disney knockoff. We're talking about the actual characters themselves. Disney has nothing to do with the fact that Marvel and characters like uh, Spider-Man are owned by Disney. doesn't factor into this. This is about the characters themselves. Disney does not factor in it. This is what if the characters of Spider-Man and the Joker wrote Christmas songs. Yeah, but Spider-Man's all corporate. If he's not hanging around with Disney, he's hanging around with S.H.I.E.L.D. or the Fantastic Four or the Avengers or the X-Men. So it's not just going to be written by Spider-Man. He's going to have like a whole team of writers around him. It's going to be really boring and the same thing again. Loads of snow. 
and candy canes and maybe rudolph will be there for a little bit whereas joker it's all going to be new all original it's going to be wonderful sure you're not going to understand any of the lyrics but does anyone know any of the lyrics of christmas songs anyway I think they do. I think that's why yeah. they get remembered and why they go in number one because people remember them. I think that's the whole point of it. You will never forget the Joker Christmas song. Sure. I think because it would be burned into my nightmares. But exactly. So it's memorable. <laughs> Not for the right reason. <laughs> I think both of you missing out is that in Into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man actually had a Christmas album and it was very good. I see. He's done it before. Yeah. Well, was it was it in our universe? It was in the Spider Verse universe. That's not our universe, is it? No, we were no. only the we were only the we were the Miles Morales one. Yeah, that no, that was our universe. That was our universe. Yeah, because that was that version of Peter Parker. Because the other Peter Parker that he worked with was from a different universe. So yeah, technically it was our universe. Oh god, I'm not a nerd. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Plus, what you're talking about fucking universes, like there's like thirty different versions of the Joker. What one are you talking about? Uh? All thirty, and then now like a quartet, which is technically only four, but I don't know what thirty yeah. is. <laughs> an orchestra. Yeah, sure, they're an orchestra. All of them are playing instruments entirely made of bones, but they've all got tinsel wrapped around them. Okay. And there right. are thirty right. Harley Quinns. Final point, Yeah, it's not about Harley Quinn, Nathan. Keep well, to the one, of you, one of you brought up Mary Jane. That was Ben. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Scott, final final points. Well, going back to the Harley Quinn thing here, that does not affect it because you saw about Mrs. Claus. Just because they're writing a Christmas album doesn't mean they're going to include Santa Claus or they're going to be dressed up as Santa Claus, which would require a Mrs. Claus. So Harley Quinn and Emerging do not factor into this whatsoever. Well, sorry, I'm using this question to pitch my ideas to Warner Brothers so that you we can get a Christmas. Ben, you yeah. stopped pitching his ideas in the last one, so don't you be pitching yours in this one. That was a different and, question. And is it your final points, Nathan? Is it? No, you asked Scott first. And then... I know, and did I ask you? No. Uh, Scott, I'm sorry for your interruption. <laughs> I don't know if I have much else really to say. Like, I don't know if any of us would want to hear what the hell the Joker has to say about Christmas. It's fair, Nathan. What do you got? Well, I think people would want to hear what the Joker... Like, if someone said to you, Joker is releasing a Christmas album, how quickly are you finding out... Are you going to go on YouTube and find a song? I think everyone would rapidly do that. Which, since they include streaming in the counting for the top 40 these days, that would get him to number one. Good point. <laughs> 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 okay. So, basically, the argument you put forward is madness versus relatability. Profitability versus something new that's just thrown out. I'm going to have to go with Scott again. I'm sorry, because <sighs> death metal is terrible. Joker can't sing for shit in any of his renditions. And Spider-Man can. I'll be honest with you. I was, I was so sure I wasn't going to win that one. Either. Yeah, I was. <laughs> like, I was like, like, what the fuck does Spider-Man know about Christmas? I'd actually buy yeah. that Joker album. Like... <laughs> what Ben's just done is go, yeah, it's fair enough that X-Factor always gets to Christmas number one. <laughs> 
<laughs> You've just voted for boredom. No, I just voted for Spider-Man. <laughs> Which is boring. Uh, no, I'm just going to give a, an apology in advance for my question here. This could be the this could be one that really gets in and gets to some complaints here. And this is a continuation to a question that was originally posed on Twitter, which needs to fully be answered. And I think this is the best platform for it. Now, great wordsmith, the big guy Ryback took to Twitter some time ago and gave this. Simply an opinion, neither positive or negative. Watching pro wrestling without fans is like masturbating without lube. Can be done, but it really shouldn't. Okay, so just, first just of all, uh, you just explain who Ryback is to Ben. <laughs> He's a very big man, and yeah, that's not really that's all. That's all there is to him. He thinks he's smarter than he actually is, and okay. he sells the uh, supplements now and just talks about how shit his time WWE used to be nowadays. Yeah, he's he's basically what if you imagine a bold headed wrestler who definitely didn't do steroids, wink, wink, he looks like that. (laughs) Yeah. So the question is, is watching wrestling like masturbating? No, uh, I'm going to get to the actual question here. Okay. But I was going to say, like, if you ever if you ever seen the wrestler Goldberg and if someone tried to do a really shit reboot of Goldberg, that is what Ryback looks like. Pretty to the much. point where whenever he wrestled, people would shout, would shout Goldberg at him. That's what he's most remembered for, in my opinion. So, right. so here is, is my question, and I'm sorry in advance. What is the best way to masturbate? Is it to go in dry, or is it to use lube? Go dry. I guess uh, lube. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to let you guys argue this one. Friction, friction burns. Friction never burns. How hard do you fucking masturbate, dude? Jesus Christ. That's actually yeah. a question. <laughs> <laughs> One question at a time. Um, like, you don't even want to risk friction burns. Yeah. Like, maybe you've never had them, and a lot of people listening, like, I don't get friction burns. Yeah, but it's about taking away the risk. Also, like, just using... <laughs> Fuck it. How did my life reach this point? <laughs> using lube maybe you could get kind of a nice scented one that might be nice so then you could close your eyes and pretend you're somewhere else but uh, there is no better smell sweat and musk you can still get sweat and musk uh using lube like you could just get an unscented one you're just there everything's smooth you're enjoying yourself maybe you're using imagination maybe you've uh finally found the right video um yeah. I don't know what you guys do, but that's up to you. And yeah, that that that's really it. No friction burn. The thing is, I've used lube once in my life. I got it in my eyes. I got it in my mouth. I got it in my bum crack. How did that happen? And I'm a fairly careful masturbator. I I, I, I light some candles. I put on some nice jazz music. I'm based that scene in Forty Year Old Virgin where Steve Carell masturbates for the first time. Every time. I do it twice a day. So, but I do it without lube because it doesn't taste nice. It gets everywhere. Why are you me- tasting it? <laughs> yeah, because you got to taste your fucking lube. What's the point if you don't? Wait, <laughs> how... A... You, wait. You guys don't masturbate with your mouth. 
<laughs> no, none of us got the Marilyn Manson surgery. <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> and you don't need, you've never, you don't need, you're not going to, sometimes I crank it pretty hard, but you know, you're not going to get rope, but you're not going to get fucking friction burn from this shit. Like, if you got, if you if it hurts a little bit, just give it 10 minutes, give it 10 minutes, do what, do some, do some reading, uh, <laughs> work out, do, do some, uh, meditate for 10 minutes, meditate, and then think about the porn you're going to, you know, wank it through. So, you don't need lube. It's, a, it's an unneeded expense. Well, you've just said that you do, because you just said, oh, if you crank it too hard, then you've got to wait 10 minutes. Well, sometimes 10 minutes is all you have. No. Like, you, don't, no you, don't know, you don't know what's going on. You're talking about making this some kind of, like, religious ceremony. And also, yeah. if, you're, if you're complaining against lubes that you're getting it in your eyes, like, then so you're just a fucking idiot. <laughs> How are you getting it in your eyes? In many people's eyes. We'll take, a, we'll take a poll. I bet lube has been in 70% of all our listeners' eyes. Well, I want to find. I want to do that poll, and I want to come back to this question if that fact can be proved. But you can't yeah. just throw out. You're not. You stop being a fake news peddler. I'm, I'm just curious if, if the whole getting lube in the eye is a common thing, or is that just carelessness on Ben's part? It's carelessness on Ben's part, but he's trying uh, to justify uh, it as normal. It's so so liquidy. It's so splashy. Like it just reflects off surfaces. It originally like rebounds and everything. It's so, not like, rubber. You ever considered you're using too much then, if that's the case? Yeah, but you just want to use a little bit just to get things get things ni- nice and wet. Everyone like everyone likes getting wet. You know, I'm going to use a whole bottle. No, no, man. Oh, I've done some bad choices. Uh, <laughs> you're just all... like <laughs> that scene in It's Always Sunny when Daddy DeVito covers himself in hand sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> But roll back just feels better. You know what you're doing. You're in complete control. When you're using lube, it just goes it, like you, your hands are like a fucking monkey. It's like a girl's wanking off. They're going too fast. Like it just <laughs> so you need you got a full control. You don't need any attic expenditure. You can wank over a lamp if you want to, and you then can it'll do be... that with lube. There's no barrier to entry with lamps just because you've yeah, got. Yeah, there is a barrier entry with lube. Though you've got to pay like four quid for a bottle of lube. You don't need to pay four quid for a bottle of lube. Like, stop going to the rich person's store. Sorry, it's all I know. <laughs> I take it so seriously. Yeah, um... You're a podcaster. You're super fucking rich. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but no with lube it just feels nice everything's kind of like nice and smooth you're not catching anything you don't need to use a whole like massive bottle like you you're just being an idiot like you just need a little squirt on your hands rub it all over so you're nice and wet and then get that get down to business and then you're done you can wipe yourself down afterwards it's clean it's not as dirty as you're making it sound like and i don't know if scott uh, like, you just said wank you off like a monkey or like a girl <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> well, no, I don't know. Ben, is living, ben is living in a different part of the world from us yeah, at the moment this so. is very very strange like everything's just, everything's just smooth and silky you know afterwards like maybe the lube has something in there that just makes all your skin nice and soft I think we should we should start bringing this this argument to an end. I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll give my final points. It's an added expenditure you don't need. You ne- I've never ever in my life needed to lose. Well, I don't. think you, I think you give it a whirl. Like you spend enough money on useless shit. True. When you give lube a try. Because 
I'm not 80 years old. If you need lewd, you shouldn't be having sex. You're obviously over like 70 years old if you need lewd. We're still hoping to try and get that Blue Chew commercial, so maybe we shouldn't keep that in the edit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't feel like I need to make another point. I think um, it's like being wanked off by a monkey or a girl is kind of enough for for me, where I'm just going to leave that there. (laughs) You know, know, if you listen very, very carefully, you can hear the few female listeners that we have all collectively switching this off and never listening to us again. <laughs> and to them, I'm sorry. <laughs> Not all girls, but, you know, most ladies are generally, like, too abrasive with it. They're like, come on, it's sensitive. Yes, yeah, so you need lube. Yeah, no, you just don't get... Uh, so it's not as abrasive. That's literally lube's job. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not just saying because of that comment. I'm just talking about this question in general. But, you know, the show is called Master Debaters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that and there's a few other reasons for me picking this question which I can't talk about on air <laughs> which makes it sound worse than it actually is but I'll, t- I'll tell you later it's because sure. he's got some lube but he's not sure whether to give it a try or not he thought he'd come to the experts <laughs> uh, I think weighing up the arguments here and partly because listening to him argue I felt a little bit bad for him and plus so it seems like Ben's argument or, be, or has a bit of a bias here because it sounds like he's pulling on something that sounds way too personal and way too real for it not to be not to be him his own experiences here. So for that reason, I'm, t- I'm, I'm going with Nathan on this one. Yeah. That's the point of the episode. Fair, that's fair. <laughs> uh, I'm fucking tearing up here. <laughs> I think that's the first time I've ever won one. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure you won in the last one. So. Yeah. By the way, I've never actually used lube, but I kind of want to. I've yeah, never we're actually... still recording. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Moving on to something that might end in lube. Um, who would you be happiest in taking your mum out for a date? Uh, is it Jason Bourne from the Jason Bourne franchise or Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible? Ethan Hunt. Damn it. Uh, Ethan Bourne. <laughs> oh, go on, Ben. Let's, let's start contemplating. Ethan, uh, Ethan Hunt actually has a wife in the Mission Impossible series. One that he doesn't see much that often, you know. But, you know, he, he loves her. He protects her through all five or six films. Uh, and he he is a good husband for the time in Mission Impossible 3. You I see she, him. I thought she died. No, she didn't die. She was just, she's just like because his like job's like too dangerous. They're like pretending not that she died, but she's actually alive. Uh, she oh, was okay. in the uh, end of the fifth one. I'm pretty sure. Um, like um, and I'm pretty sure she didn't die. And uh, yeah, so you actually see him in the beginning of Mission Impossible Three. You see him being a good husband. You're being using all his crazy intelligence to actually understand. Like a wife is trying to tell a story, a, a human story to her friends, trying to be calling her friends. And Ethan Hunt is just on the side being like a nice little Scientology boy. And he's like, oh, uh, and the wife's like, oh, oh we, we did this crazy hike in uh, fucking somewhere. And he's like, bora bora, babe. And she's like, oh, thank you, babe. So Ethan Hunt, I want him to be my husband. That is really the ultimate goal of my life. <laughs> you, you clearly put a lot of thought into this, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I didn't realise. <laughs> I mean, looking at Ethan Hunt, are we sure he's that good of a husband? And is he really trying to protect her, or is that just the excuse he has, just so he can go around and basically just basically shag other people? And plus, half the time when he comes to pick your mother up, how do you know that's really Ethan Hunt, and it's not somebody using that those weird face mask things that they've been using in the during the Mission Impossible series? How do you know that's really Ethan if Hunt I, taking if her I could out? Just cut, if I could just cut in really quickly, because according to MissionImpossibleFandom.com. Uh, Ethan Hunt and his wife are divorced. Yes, but because that's what that's, he's trying to protect her. That's what it, what it is. Yeah, and he's got impossible missions. He's a crazy guy. He's the impossible mission guy. He needs to fucking do this shit, and he has had no distractions. So that's why he needs but to bring protect. But bring, bring it back for for both of you. Bring it back. The, the question was, who would you be happiest taking your mum out on a date? That was yes. the question. Ethan Hunt. Because my mum is a fantastic woman. She's probably the top five English woman in the world. So, like, I, I think I'd be very happy if England, Ethan Hunt was going to become a new stepdaddy. Stepdaddy, I mean, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about Jason Bourne for a second here. I mean, hmm. I think I'm very confident if anything, any trouble went down during this date, I think Jason Bourne would be the right person to look after your mother. And also, given his memory issues, if the date went badly, he probably wouldn't remember it anyway. So, you know, everybody would move on with no hard feelings if, you, if the thing didn't go as well. And, yeah. and plus, plus, Ethan Hunt does not, clearly does not have enough self-confidence that you want to see in somebody who takes your mum out because this is a man who clearly uh, does not find these missions as impossible as he claims, yet claims, oh, I always do these impossible missions, but does them quite easily. So, like, have a bit of fucking confidence in yourself, Ethan. I mean... It's not him calling an impossible mission. He takes them on every time. He evades being exploded or being uh, destroyed every time he takes on one of his missions because the message will uh, uh, self-implode in five seconds, right? So he throws it away. He jumps off mountains. He's the only guy for the job. Not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out a bold statement here. Ethan Hunt would kill Jason Bourne, James Bond, and fucking Iron Man in a fight. Ethan, Ethan Hunt is the best one out of them. That's why he's the guy who wants the, the world to be protected by. He wants to, to be your mama's book bay. He wants everyone... Yeah, what, to, bring it back. What, what has any of this got to do with a date? Because he is a very charming guy. He can charm his way out of prison, which we've seen. Charming away his way into Simon Pegg's pants. In Charmy's way. <laughs> I must have missed that scene. So now he's cheating on your mum with Simon Pegg. Oh, yep. that doesn't sound like a good date. Simon Pegg's a charming guy. I'm sure it'd be nice. Bring it back, and... to, Jay- bring it back to Jason Bourne, uh, Scott. Question for you. Where do you think Jason Bourne would take your mum on a date? <laughs> I, I don't know. I was not prepared for that question. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd they go? Any nice restaurants or something? I don't know. I don't know, I'm sure Byers Road's pretty nice here in the west end of Glasgow. I think I'm pretty sure Jason Bourne would love going up Byers Road. Nice, nice. All the places, all the fancy places there. Where, where would Ethan Hunt take your mum, do you think, Ben? I think Rome would be a good shout. A Rome, and for, a, take for a date? For a date, yeah. I mean, he, he's a globe-trotting guy. He goes wherever he wants. You can definitely take some people out of a date. I've took someone to Ireland for a date. Uh, I don't know. 
And, uh, but yeah, so he's going to take someone. I was literally about to say, no, you haven't. You're going to take someone wine tasting in Rome for like three hours and then they're going to go skydiving. Jesus. Yeah. Who's to see your mum wants to go skydiving, though? Yeah, does your mum want to go skydiving? Yeah, she's always said how much she wants that. She's never said that once, has she? Because Ethan Hunt to dangle off a building or off a plane just to like feel alive. Doesn't mean you have to drag your mother into it. <laughs> but everyone needs to go skydiving once in her life. And she, Ethan Hunt is the guy to push her there. He's going to be so charming that she's going to be like, yes, I'll do whatever you want. We're going to go skydiving. Well, and so then He's going to manipulate your mum into wanting to go skydiving. In a nice way. We're always manipulated in bad ways, but this should be a nice way. Everyone needs to go skydiving. Ethan Hunt is going to the guy that's going to take you there. Wow. Well, bring it, bring it to a close, Scott. You got anything final to say about Jason Bourne? I just think Jason Bourne is more charming. He's he wouldn't want, he wouldn't have to show off and take your mum to um, to Rome because obviously now since he got his mare back, he's trying to lay low and be more low key. So he'd take her out a nice simple date, and there wouldn't be any trouble. Whereas I don't, I still don't think you can trust Ethan Hunt. Yeah, you made Ethan Hunt sound kind of terrifying. Uh, Ethan Hunt is going to remember who you are. He's got a solid crew of friends behind him. He's got the guy in the van. What's, what's got... that got to do with a date? I don't want. I don't want all your friends turning up if Ethan Hunt's know, taking on a date. If shit goes down, which in one of these dates, in both of them, shit is going to go down. Jason Bourne is always running from the fucking police. Ethan Hunt is working with him. Ethan Hunt is protecting the world. With Jason Hunt, if Jason Bourne is literally. <laughs> <laughs> just got amnesia and trying to run away from people like your date is either going to be on like a running track or like jumping out of buildings with Jason Bourne it's, Ethan Hunt is going to charm you he, he can also look like whoever the fuck you want him to if you've got a massive crush <laughs> if you've got a massive crush on say I don't know Edris Ilba because why I keep talking about him. <laughs> you can make oh, you can so you're saying you're saying that you're now you're saying Ethan Hunt is going to blackface if you want him to. Yes. What, okay. what the Jesus, he said he could look like Idris Elba if you want. That's awful. It's not really blackface. This is pretending to be him. <laughs> so it's fraud. <laughs> yeah. So he cares on a date. I mean, also, he, uh, I think your Idris Elba isn't like four foot two. <laughs> like he's quite a cool guy. <laughs> I mean, he can wear silks. <laughs> this date sounds weird, so I think Jason Bourne is the right answer. <laughs> uh, uh, I think I was more, I was more focused there on uh, discrediting Ethan Hunt than I did. I was on taking <laughs> up Jason Bourne. I think you could have honestly just been quiet, <laughs> and Ben could have just started talking. I would have been like, "Yes, yeah, Jason Bourne." <laughs> You made it like, oh, for a date, we're going to go wine test you. I'm going to manipulate her into jumping out of a plane. <laughs> in a positive way, people can be manipulated in a very positive way. They can. <laughs> okay, well, what's what's next on the docket? Who's yeah. a question? It's you now, Ben. Okay. Uh, so, who would be the worst to date? The bride from Kill Bill or Stewie Griffin? Stewie Griffin. The bride. I was going to say, you paused after you said the bride, so like, but are we just talking about a generic bride here? Or? <laughs> <laughs> you know the bride, right? So the bride from Kill Bill. Yeah. So who, are, you, 
The fact that you paused after you just said the braids. So yeah, there was a really long pause. <laughs> well, I didn't think of the other answer, so I just had to pull her out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a question, who would it be worse for us to date? Who would be the worst person to date if you got into like a serious relationship with them? Okay, Stewie Griffin, because he's a child. <laughs> <laughs> Strong out of the, out of the gate there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's yeah. that's it, honestly. Well, that is that is terrible, obviously. <laughs> I think yeah, you talk about getting into a serious relationship. I mean, the title of the films that the bride appears in clearly she's hung up on a previous relationship, so it's not going to be much of a relationship for me because she's just sort of be talking about fucking Bill and how much she wants to kill him. And if you're not supportive of that, she'll probably threaten to kill you as well. So I don't want to be in a relationship where I'm constantly in fear for my life. Well, I think for both of these answers, you're quite in constant fear of your life. Like, we've seen Stewie do some pretty pretty dangerous things, but he is still in nappies. Yeah, no. Whereas the bride is a fulgur woman who's trained to use a fucking sword. Well, lots of people are trained to use swords. Yeah, and she'd probably hide weapons around the house. So at any time, she could probably kill you because you didn't support her. And one day we'll go hunt down Bill. Yeah, this, that that's true, but she is of age. It doesn't she... mean that she's the best person to be with. Just, there's a lot of people who are with age that you probably shouldn't be in relationship with, partly because mentally they're not stable, much like the bride isn't. Uh, maybe, maybe. So what was the question? Is it who was best today or who's who worst? Who was today? worst today? Okay, I was just double checking for some, one, one second. I was like, I think we're arguing the wrong points. Um, <laughs> well, Stewie, he constantly travels through time. He thinks he can talk to his dog. Um, that he still lives with his parents. That's a bit weird. Like, do you really want to be going around there when you've got Lois and Peter there? Like, that family is disruptive. Meg is there and she's the worst. Yeah, like you'd basically... always you'd always have to talk to Meg. Like Stewie also always brings his dog everywhere and he lets his dog drive as well. Yeah. Uh he's always like scheming and he's got an evil twin hmm. as well, and that's annoying. And sometimes you just won't be able to find him because he might have be suddenly be absolutely tiny and inside his dad's ball sack. Or he might just be hopping through a different universe. Or he might have murdered uh, his own mum, which he did that time. And, yes, so that just sounds awful. I don't want to be involved in that. I mean, people, lots of people like dogs, so it wouldn't be a big issue having um, Brian around. And plus, like... I'm not an an alcoholic dog who claims to be a writer. Lots of people are alcoholics. (laughs) Have a drink with three and the dog. Plus, he's got... You got a time machine. If anything, if I was in charge of somebody, they said I've got a time machine. If anything, that's a big plus for me. Well, I don't, it's not always a plus because sometimes it doesn't work. And uh, also, you can't take Stewie to anywhere nice like after like eight o'clock because a lot like the nice bars or like restaurants are like no kids after eight. So you can't actually take him out anywhere or do anything nice. He, you can't go see an R-rated movie with him. Like it's always going to have to be like a PG. You so, can just shrink out home. Yeah, but what if you want to go to the cinema? Some people like to go to the cinema. Put them on your shoulders and wear a big trench coat. 
Also, people one person. Also, you have to be animated if you want to date Stewie, because he's always animated. Is that a rule? I think you're adding rules here because no, because he's a cartoon character. Yeah, but you could just be a cartoon character in in a normal world. If you're arguing that point, there are parts of Kill Bill that are in black and white, so that would be like arguing if I date the bird, do I have to be in black and white as well? Yeah, but they're not all. You're not always in black and white. Like Stewie's yeah, always animated. Do you, do you want to date a cartoon baby who doesn't age? <laughs> do any of us want to age? <laughs> yeah, but you're still going to be aging. So in like thirty years' time, I'm going to be like fifty-seven, and Stewie's still going to be like f- five. And that's going to get weird to explain at some point. Why am I? Why am I still hanging out with a cartoon baby? Okay. Also, it's made by Fox, and Fox suck. True. Okay, gentlemen, I'm going to go with your final point. Let's go over Scott first. Well, as I said, the bride is clearly mentally unstable. She's not over Bill and everything that happened to her. She's got, clearly got a very sketchy past, so I don't want some random killer showing up at my door looking for her. And then again, there's just too many ways that your life is also in danger that just it's not worth getting into. Okay. Uh, Nathan? I don't want to have to change my date's nappy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Fair. Stewie's kind of rude all the time. It's not strictly a rule that you have to change his nappy for him, though. Yeah, there was. Cause he, when, remember, when, remember when they were in that bank vault? And um, Also, he's <laughs> very materialistic. Like, in that bank vault, he used the last thing of his phone to, like, call that shop about his sweater instead of, like, calling the police. And then he made Brian, like, eat his shit mm. I don't want to get tricked into that that's not good manipulation like jumping out of a plane so you say he's always got Brian around so just have Brian eat the shit so you don't have to yeah but I don't want to watch Brian eat shit either and I don't want to hang out with his weird hanger on a friend who's an alcoholic dog <laughs> okay okay this was, this was a good debate this was actually hard to come by I'm actually going to go with Stewie Griffin on this one. Because one good point is made by Fox. Also, <laughs> also I, I kind of ignore the fact that he's a child because really he's the, he has bigger intelligence than probably all of us combined. So I, I feel like that doesn't really matter. But also, both people have their lives in danger most of the time. Okay. But also, Stuart Griffin it does have like a bear that he also tries to fuck most of the time. So you'd probably be like his side bitch instead of his actual main one. So yeah, that, I forgot about his bear. I'm going to give it to Nathan. Fair enough. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Scott, let's go. Okay, this is my last uh, question. Uh, ben, being up to date on all things wrestling that you are, you're probably aware of the, the WWE 24-7 Championship. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> basically, for anybody who doesn't know, basically, so you can basically win it any time, any place. It's always on the line 24-7, as the title suggests. And just, it's been won in all matter of ways. We've had people outside of wrestling win it. The current champion is former is NFL player Rob Gronkowski. So I just goes to show you anybody can win it. So here's my question. Who would make a better WWE 24-7 champion? 
And I had one name, and because of this, the news story we talked about earlier, I used that to influence my choice for the next person. Who's the, who would be a better 24-7 champion? Nicholas Cage or Joe Exotic? Joe Exotic. Nicholas Cage. Uh, I just said one of them. I mean, basically the same person. So Joe Exotic is have the have the mental fortitude and have the fucking ego to make this the best, make himself the best and most prominent champion of the world. He he's, he's probably going to start some sort of political engagement so he can actually be, have this title for as long as possible. He's gonna. He's gonna bring tigers to all the all the people in matter. He's gonna be like, "Oh, you can play with tigers. You can fuck my meth boyfriend," and that's gonna basically win him over. So he's gonna be the champion for five years at least, through all his connections, through his motivation, through his good looks, and he's just a fucking amazing personality. That's great and all, and I think you you would be right. Uh, initially, except for this point, Joe Exotic would be 24-7 champion. He'd be super great at it. But Nicolas Cage is going to take that and add the Nicolas Cage-ness to it, which <laughs> everything in the world requires. And he's going to up up the game entirely. He's going to start defending the title against Tigers. He's not going to use them like in zoos and be like, oh, my 24-7 champion, come fight me in this tiger cage. No, he's going to fight the tigers in a cage and then put it into one of his 207 movies that he's doing next year. Uh, Also, I think Nicolas Cage would only wear the belt whilst he's defending it. Um, I think Nicolas Cage would also kind of start maybe talking to the belt at some point. It might become his only friend. Uh, And I think Nicolas Cage would probably build some kind of like Mad Max, like Thunderdome structure eventually, and then sell the rights to Dana White. Couple of points here. Joe Exotic is not even going to talk to the belt. He's going to fucking get addicted to meth and marry the belt. He's going to have some guy from New Orleans come in and be like, and be a uh, minister, and then he's going to be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to marry the belt and call it Belty Boy. And then he's going to fuck it, and then it's going to be in a weird little portrait with him laying down with all his tattoos, and the belt is going to have those tattoos. And also, Nicholas Cage is going to go against tigers. Everyone loves tigers. Who the fuck is going to want to support a guy who goes against Tigers? Well, it's not about support. It was about who's going to be a better champion. I know, but Nicholas Cage, to one of your points, Nicholas Cage is going to go against Tigers, he's going to try and fight Tigers. Of course, Joe Exotic is going to win. Let me, tell you, let me tell you one thing about Nicholas Cage. You guys might have heard this story once before, but he once got so high on mushrooms, not alone, but with his own cat. Yeah. So what do you think he's going to do with a tiger if Nicolas Cage is going to use his portrayal of Joe Exotic as the 24-7 champion to up his game? He's going to make sure all those tigers is going to go from being mushrooms with his cat to being LSD with tigers. And then he's going to fight the tigers and then he's going to pretend he's fighting other people. The Invisible Man might show up at at some point or whatever. And I don't know. It's just going to be the greatest thing of all time. And Nicolas Cage would embody the 24-7 championship until instead of having a belt, he's going to tattoo it on his own like hips and round his hips and he's just gonna start showing up to award ceremonies only wearing his tattooed title and it's gonna be the best thing of all time because Nicolas Cage always ups his game for whatever he's doing. Okay. Your argument for a winner who's the best 
winner of this WWE thing is, is that he drugs his own tigers and then gets tattoos on. He basically forces drugs like LSD, which is a very, very bad drug, probably. I've never done it once in my life. And uh, yeah, and it's, it's gonna it's gonna try and drug these poor, un- uh, endangered animals. So basically, your your vote is a guy who wants to drug and manipulate animals in a bad way. Sorry, you're you're arguing for Joe Exotic, aren't you? Right. Uh, I am. Yeah. He's never drugged any animals. He's literally a meth dealer. <laughs> He's not a meth dealer. He just uses a bit of meth. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think, Nicholas, there's also, there is the capacity, WWE loves to record things in weird locations. You've got Nicholas Cage, the man who owns the most haunted mansion in the world. True. you got Imagine. Joe in a prison. Yeah, so I wasn't actually going to bring up that point because I thought it was a bit bullshit, but he is in prison. So <laughs> there's not really a lot you could do there. But yeah, Nicholas Cage literally owns the most haunted mansion in the world imagine what WWE can do with that just imagine they were filming 24 7 things on golf courses on planes well now they've got the man who owns the most haunted mansion in the world that's at least a month's content yeah okay guys i'm really enjoying this but it's getting very difficult to decide the winner so i'm gonna see we're gonna go to the final arguments and see if i can discern a winner from that so mason we'll start with you give us your final arguments on why Nicholas Cage would be a better 24-7 champion. Once again, I think the WWE, they love to record things at weird locations with a 24-7 title. Like we see them do it at Fox Studios or on, on planes, I've already mentioned, literally at an actual wedding. <laughs> Nicholas Cage becomes champion and comes on board. As I said, he owns the most haunted mansion in the world. He also owns a pyramid tomb. Like, you could just get so much content out of that for the YouTube channel or cut it into the middle of of smackdown or whatever you want it's the right thing whereas joe exotic like he just has kind of like well he, he has that zoo with tigers but i'm sure nicholas cage probably has a zoo somewhere he also has a film festival named after himself the nicholas cage film festival you could do so much shit there and can can we just picture nicholas cage a little bit high on shrooms doing a segment with our truth that's pretty funny. That's funny stuff. Strong so, argument. Yeah, so, so I think Nicolas Cage could just provide more weird content that WWE loves. Okay. What do people love? People love more than anything an underdog story. Someone who's maybe done a little a little bit bad stuff and then he's gonna rise above and become an expert and become greater and greater and greater. So Joe Exotic is nothing if he's not a perfect fit for the WWE become the next superstar this is such an outlandish character what he should do he's going to become the next winner of this title and then he's going to uh, from prison what do people do in prison they get fucking ripped right i'm i'm now and i weigh 200 kilograms because and it's 105 of it is muscle i swear and so he's going to come out of prison fucking ripped and then he's going to be the he's going to call himself the tamer the tiger tamer and that's going to be his wwe name then he's gonna he's gonna become the winner of this, and then he's gonna broadcast as a new WWE superstar. What a better way to to uh, popularize this whole idea than to, to become the person who won it to become the next WWE superstar. 
superstar. Joe Exotic is the kind of next wrestling. He's going to get action figures. He's gonna he's gonna be on or the Bray Wyatt's weird little uh, school schoolyard show. Joe Exotic is in is the future of Raw. So that's why you should vote for Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic. Oh, I didn't. I really underestimated how difficult this was going to be. Well, on the one hand, uh, then you did lose one point at the start by claiming uh, Joey thought it was good looking. So there was a, <laughs> there was a, there was a point right off the bat. However, I don't think really you you guys really talked about the prison aspect of it as much as I thought you might. Because when you really think about it, if Joe wins the title and then goes to prison, really, unless he can sneak a referee into the jail, he's probably going to hold on to it for much longer. <laughs> and plus, as much as like you make a point saying about the Nicholas K stuff, I kind of want to see Joe Exotic making those weird videos that he made on his on his ranch and those weird music videos that he does that singing about the twenty four seven title. <laughs> so I think just for that, I want to see Joe. I'd rather see Joe Exotic as the champion. Yeah, thank you. Damn it. Well done, Joe Exotic. I was gonna say this is the closest one, though. I think because I really wanted to go with either, but just by a ball hair. A joy exotic one. Lovely. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Well, on to the next and is this the final question? Have we done three each? Yeah, I think there was this would be three, yeah. Okay. Who would make the better uh AA counsellor? So Alcoholics (laughs) Anonymous. Sure. Mel Gibson or Nick Nolte? Uh Mel Gibson. <laughs> Off you go. Mel Gibson has conviction. He hates a few things. He has direction. Mel Gibson has been through the fucking ringer seven times. Mel Gibson has also helped people like Robert Downey Jr. come out of the ring, stop people using drugs, stop people, and, and he's sober now. He makes great films like Hacksaw Ridge and that one about Jesus. So, Mel Gibson is, <laughs> is going to be my AA sponsor. I don't think uh, what he's done film-wise has really got, got anything to do with him being an AA counsellor. But I think with, because he's all about things that he hates, I think you'd spend a bit too much time to tell me about the things that he hates rather than helping you with your problems. And plus, Nick, look at, just look at Nick Dolly, just listen to how he talks. I think if he's not a warning to the, the next steps of overindulgence on certain things, then I don't know what else would help scare you down the path of sobriety. I mean, you want to talk about not warnings. You want to talk about shit that Nick Mel Gibson's gonna go, uh, has been through, that he's going to talk to in detail. The bunch of cars that he's crashed, the amount of Jews that he's insulted. Like Nick, apparently, Mel Gibson uh, is a fucking warning on signs. And he's so honest. He's such like an honest guy. that He's going to just tell you 100% about why he did those things. He's going to say, and he's not that person anymore. He's probably a person you can actually find some like peace with, some like uh, humanity with, right? Nick Nolte just speaks gruff. That's his whole... His whole MO is like that's his whole fucking thing. If it's not a part where a guy that's kind of depressed has to speak rough, Nick Nolte can't do it. Mel Gibson can do all that shit. He can be in What Women Want. He can be in Braveheart, pretending to be Scottish. He can be in that film where he kills loads of people. Mel Gibson can do a lot more. Nick Nolte's just a gruff guy who speaks badly. 
I'm sorry, did you just imply that Mel Gibson can be Scottish? He can pretend to be Scottish. <laughs> yes, very poorly. <laughs> well, we've heard a lot about kind of Mel Gibson uh, kind of turning, turning his life around, kind of telling you all about why he did the bad stuff, but how does that help him be a good AA counsellor? He's, been, he's not he's not helping he's not he's not talking about himself he's meant to be helping other people and that's the same for nick nolte how's he going to actually help this person that he's trying to help the best way to uh, relate to someone is to talk about the bad things you've done the really the best way to help someone is someone who might be going through like a dark road and being like oh this is what happened to me and i i i, I should have reacted in a different way mel gibson is is, is going to give you that in spades Nick Nolte, what? Nick Nolte, no one gives a shit about Nick Nolte. What has he actually done? Has he done anything bad? Uh, he's done some bad stuff. I mean, you look at Lyle Gibson, does he, he doesn't really come across as a guy who he has done bad stuff, but he doesn't come across as somebody who really regrets what he's done. He just comes across as a bit of a dick. Whereas Nick Nolte, you look at him, he looks rough as anything. He looks like a guy who is definitely full of regrets that you definitely do not want to end up like. I mean, in the space of 20 years, a man looks like he's age 50. That is just how... <laughs> and you can't tell me that alcohol did not play at least a little bit in that, so... Yeah, potentially, like, um, he's definitely... Well, we don't want to rip the guy for bad stuff that he's done, but he's done a lot of, like, drink driving and some fraud and stuff, is Nick Nolte's thing. So, yeah, so has Mel Gibson. I think, actually, Mel Gibson's probably done twice as much stuff. And it was also... Yeah, but how does that make him a better counsellor? Because he's going to talk about it. He knows, he, he regrets it. He knows what he's done. And he knows that the, the mistakes he's made. Nick Nolte's not going to give a shit about you. Mel Gibson is going to tell you everything. Wow. So Nick Mel Gibson's just going to be more open. He's going to be more open. He's going to be more helping. Wow. If you're, if, if you're not Jewish. <laughs> that's a like, huge caveat <laughs> it just sounds like Nate, you're saying that Bill's going to be talking more about himself than actually asking you what your issues are with alcohol and why you're trying to get better whereas Nate Notley would just basically not really want to talk and he'd just be sitting there so he could basically just listen to what he had to say whereas Mel Gibson would talk about he'd, he'd bring up he'd bring up Jewish people at some point and he would try and blame it on the alcohol when we realise that yeah, it wasn't because you're drunk. You just really hate Jewish people. Just uh, why should you take any advice from him? Well, going into going into final arguments, Ben. What's your final argument? My final argument is Mel Gibson. Yes, he, he yeah, he's he's not the same person. If you've seen this, a couple of the uh, recent uh, interviews with him, he's not that that sort of guy. He's not he's not a person. He's definitely like a changed man. He he's done the baddest shit probably you could probably do as an alcoholic. One of the baddest things you can do. And he's he's been way like high. He's been much more high profile as well. So he's had probably way more flack. He's been way more damage to deal with. So he's learned. Everyone, if he, he's got through it on the other way and become a repaired man, so he ha, he knows how to deal with as much a much higher pressure uh, problems than Nick Nolte does. And he's also made like fucking great art as well. He's made some of the best movies ever made. Really, like he has. And uh, he knows how to p- pursue it in like a, he knows how to take your problems and direct it in like a really positive light. Mel Gibson has also like, 
don't know what I was going to say. That was going to <laughs> Moving over to Scott. Scott, what's your final argument? I don't know what, else, what more I can say that I haven't already said. I mean, you keep bringing up Mel Gibson's films. Uh, again, I don't know how that is to... How that ties into the thing. Like, because if that was really going to help, I would tie it in. I would tie in the fact that I can't remember his name, but Nick Nolley played a character in The Mandalorian who kept saying, I have spoken. If I want to hear, if it always going to give me advice about getting sober, I'd want to end every bit of advice by just saying, I have spoken. Well, I think some good points were made for Nick Nolte. Uh, so I'm going to go with Nick Nolte. Did you know Nick Nolte won 1992's People magazine's Sexiest Man Alive? God, really? And we got them, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I was wrong. Well, uh, there we go. I think some some questions were answered. Yeah. Some important ones. Some very very important ones. What what do you think the most important one was? Definitely the uh, one. Yeah, masturbation was pretty good. Yeah. The masturbation one was good. I'm probably going to try lube now. Oh well, at least you got something out of this. Yeah. Well, that that was good, and we hope you guys enjoyed listening to us ramble on as well. Uh, as always, you can find Rogue Opinions at Rogue underscore Opinions. You can find me at Nathan Greenaway. Go back through the archives. There's plenty of, plenty of stuff going on, uh, including Scott's podcast is back, the Rogue Retro Smackdown Review. So, Scott, give us your plugs, and yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, the Rogue Retro Smackdown Review is back. I'm sure the time either shortly after this is up or the time it's up uh, first of a couple of episodes that me and Nathan are doing will be up and then the following week you can find the same episode basically it's a new gift every couple of weeks so I'm really glad it's back and you can follow me on Twitter at scottmccloud1996 and Ben let the people know where they can find you yeah uh, Ben underscore E-B-E-R-T on the Twitters uh, yeah, I'll be on the next Naked Men podcast, I presume. <laughs> you presume? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fucking fired. Um, yeah, yeah. So, to be honest, go back into the Naked Cave. I mean, I'm naked right now, so I guess a minute. Oh, cool. Well, thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Bye. <laughs>